I feel like it's been a month and a half because so many things have happened. It does feel like it's been an exceptionally long time, but it hasn't. I what think is we, time? We pierced like a very strong veil between the last book and this book. Yeah. I feel it was good that we were off during those weeks, though. I don't know if I could have focused on that <laughs> no. the Monday of the election. We would have been yeah, like, I no, didn't read and you can't make me. Fitz <laughs> <laughs> probably fucked up, I don't care. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 55, Fool's Fate, prologue through chapter 4, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Eli, and I'm a rereader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. And I'm Joey, a first-time audiobook listener. Flawless. We are moving into a new book. Fool's Fate, the third book in the Tawny Man trilogy. Fool's Fate was published in 2003, and according to FantasyLiterature.com, it met and even exceeded expectations. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds sarcastic. That's what it says on on my dating profile. (laughs) Met and exceeded expectations. Uh, It is dedicated, quote, to Pi, and it is 37 chapters in an epilogue, which means it's going to take us eight episodes to read through it. Mm. Before we start, I do want to hit the mailbag. Since we've had a break for two weeks, we have kind of a a backlog. Um, First up is mail from Gareth, because it looks like we won't need to take him up on his offer of marriage to get non-U.S. citizenship Mm. just yet. (laughs) We appreciate the offer. We really do. It was, yeah, it was a close call. Yeah. Even if it was just for Eli. (laughs) We still appreciate it. You know, whoever wants to help us daisy chain our way out of this horrible... (laughs) (laughs) You know... Spoken like a true patient. (laughs) Hey, uh, my city's not getting the vaccine, so... (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) You don't get it. At least not till January. You don't get the vaccine. You said something bad about it. And they drag him out. Oh, amazing. I I can't wait for that to be be live on YouTube. Some some periscope on Secret Service. Um, What else? Oh, big shout out to Charlene for sending us copious pictures and videos of two amazing bunnies named Izzy and Trev. Uh, that kept our spirits up actually during the election. Many videos of these adorable bunnies being bunnies, which was really, really helpful for my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. We got email from Kelsey called, quote, in defense of Molly. Should I read my response? You could read your <laughs> response, yes. However, it could be a spoiler, so maybe we should I will read. not read that part of it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I will say the general version of it, that I agree with all of your email, and our issue is not with Molly as a person. She has many admirable qualities. Our issue is with Molly 
in relation to the story in that she is not usually involved in any way in the main plot. And I, for one, have a hard time rooting for Fitz to be with a character who has very little bearing on the actual plot. Yeah. That's agreed. kind of my standpoint. It, yeah, we like it was a very good we would email. hang out with her. Yeah. It was a good one. It was kind. It was a nice email, Kelsey. We It was. We, it was a nice email, and I agree with all yeah. of it. I just wish that Molly had more to do in the actual story, and I feel the fact that she can be sort of unceremoniously written out for large swaths of the book means that she's just less relevant to the plot and the characters that we generally care about. Right. It's like, we don't hate Molly. We just... We know. just wish that if she were going to be the quote-unquote love interest of our hero that she would be more involved yes it's like when a famous person marries a normie okay it's not (laughs) as exciting as when you have like j-lo and ben affleck that wasn't a thing was it um oh my god yes Excuse that was me. Like Benifer, that was the or, that was the original Benefer, and then yeah. the Benefer 2.0 was when Ben Affleck got with Jen Garner. Yeah, yo, you need to brush up on your history. No, I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I think also Benefer was like the original like two celebrity names. Yeah, it was the names. the original mashup. Yeah. Okay. God, well, I'm so disappointed. In in <laughs> we can take Benefer for it, folly today. <laughs> the fact that they're shifting Miss Folly should be a sign. <laughs> Compared with tomfoolery, it doesn't hit the same. But... I mean, in, in Kelsey's defense, this is Tom an email Fulton. sent to six, sometimes seven people, and we're all pretty much not fans. So there's really just no way to win this argument. But you know, Kelsey we appreciate tried. you attempting, though. Yes. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, uh, the argument that she has good character. I don't have any problem with Molly's character. Yeah, She's, I'm pretty. Yeah, Molly's a badass. No, and that's I, why I wish she was involved more. Because if she was, then I think it would be it would be better for her part of the story, which is not much at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so diplomatic. Okay. Uh, moving on. Our next email was. From Yetta, who sent us uh, shots of some of the new merch in the shop. Thank you, Yetta. That was amazing. Because I forgot that I made a backpack, so thank you for buying that. It yeah, I had cool. no idea that we had backpacks <laughs> wow. and masks. There's all sorts of stuff one. on there. It's crazy. Yeah, technically, I can make like a, a duffel bag, too, if I wanted to. And I think there's like an apron now. I think you can make a jigsaw puzzle. There's a lot of things. The duffel bag is for when we travel to cons as a group, and so we need, like, people to recognize our entourage when we're going through, you know. That's my hat two years from now. We'll bring, our, we'll bring ourselves a, you know, um, Buckkeep Radio shower curtain to hang up in the back. <laughs> that's a really There's a lot idea. of options. Yeah. yeah. Personalized director chair. That's what I want. Bringing my I don't think they make There's that yet. There's a duvet but... cover on there. It's crazy. There is a duvet cover. <laughs> Every time I go there, there's new things. And I'm like, oh, where did this come from? The one thing that they don't have on there is so they have coffee mugs. And then they have like a travel mug kind of thing. But they don't mm-hmm. have pint glasses. Because I was like, oh shit, if there's pint glasses, I'll totally get some of those for the house. Or shot glasses. glasses. Yeah. I guess they don't want us to drink. I'm not well, allowed you know, to have something glasses. to think That's about the for the future. 
That's our but whole I would brand. totally buy a, a Fuck You Radio shot glass. <laughs> uh, and lastly, we got an email from Catriona uh, just letting us know that we uh, have been entertaining during lockdown. Catriona is in Glasgow, so the sun sets at 4.30, and Ooh. having us wow. um, provide so much laughter to listen to really helps. Um, so we don't want to move to Glasgow, but we will um, take other Speak for places. yourself. I mean, I it's would, not ruled out for me. Glasgow. Rachel's not out. speaking for the group, so. Um, <laughs> some of us are open to marriage proposals from Glasgow. <laughs> yes. Well, I just have one announcement to add to all of the mailbag stuff, and that is um, in our last recording, I, or second to last, last recording, I was louded out for never having read Lord of the Rings, though I was an enthusiastic movie watcher when they came Fuck out, yeah. and so I started reading Lord of the Rings mm. over break. I put my time <gasps> to good use. That's really exciting. I am um, just starting the second half of The Fellowship. That's oh my, my God, favorite I'm book. I'm so excited. My only reading report is that I'm almost done with the Grishafers trilogy, and I still don't care about the Dark Oh, Rings come on, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> he's just such a non-character. He's just... Uh, he's not... He's He's got more bearing on the plot than Molly, but he's never there for me to off, care about. First off, first, <laughs> we can turn this into a Grishaverse... <laughs> podcast but we will not i mean i like the books more i like the second and third book more than the first book which i thought was terrible but <laughs> the darkling still does nothing for me oh my god no team darkling forever all right anyway i don't well, hate no. him i don't have any feelings towards him whatsoever i i have um a more lord of the rings news um i just played um shadow of war which was available on ps plus and i discovered that Alyssa is featured in the game as as Idril. <laughs> there is a character who appears character. to be some kind of gondorian librarian who also kills orcs oh perfect oh. and she yep. comes running like out that. in the middle but of she the vaguely sex. has your haircut yeah. it's not oh as cool please send has... me a screen grab <laughs> we, i was like oh yep that's exactly how Alyssa would dress if we didn't have <laughs> I'm so excited to see this. <laughs> um all right. Besides that, let's let's move in to Fool's Fate. Um can't wait actually, to see what's I'm gonna read the blurb from the book read the cover blurb. you guys and Yes. And there's gonna be spoilers, so just you might wanna cover your ears. Alright. Take us to the blurb. Kingdoms will stand or fall on the beat of a dragon's wings or a fool's heart. Prince Dutiful has been charged with a quest to the Out Islands to take the head of the Black Dragon Icefire. Only then will his betrothed... That was hard to say. (laughs) (laughs) Only then will his betrothed marry him and cement the alliance between their warring kingdoms. But is Icefire just a legend, or does he truly slumber beneath the glaciers? Uh, Fitz has prevented his friend the Fool from accompanying them. The Fool has foreseen his own death if he ever sets foot on the Isle of the Black Dragon. But as their ship draws in towards Aslovejal, a lone figure awaits them. That didn't give away any spoilers. Normally it's like 14 paragraphs and tells you everything in the book. Oh god, I was, I was, I didn't know if I was going to get critiqued again for... Oh, (laughs) did you get critiqued off of my terrible reading last time? 
No, no. Last time we read the the UK edition back cover, and Ashley said it was too spoilery. It was very spoilery. It was. I didn't know that he was going to go off to slay a dragon, and they're like, and the prince goes to slay a dragon. Like, I have no fucking idea. Spoiler, though, he didn't. He didn't. Not in that book. (laughs) Not in that book. He talks about it. Yeah. They got it mixed up. So. All right. All right. That's all I have. That's all I have. I like that. It was very, you had like a, a, a BuzzFeed unsolved voice narration going on there. Eli, you're obsessed. But is Icefire just a legend, or does he truly remember the glaciers? (laughs) (laughs) What did we decide on the pronunciation for A Town? Aslevial. Aslevial. Y'all. I say Aslevial. Aslevial. Or Hall. Aslevial. We're never going to agree. We should just all say it differently, and then one of us will be right. Perfect. Okay. It'll be like Bing Town. Binge Town. Okay. Move us into the <laughs> prologue. The prologue, which has a title, Battling Fate. <laughs> and the prologue is basically a blurb number two, but I guess it was too long to just copy and paste it to the back cover of the book. Fitz writes about the premise and wisdoms of the white prophet and how he just loved the butterfly effect so much. Quote, An accumulation of small acts could change the world. This prologue is also a brief summary of things I've written in my (laughs) fan fiction. Quote, he used me relentlessly, but not without regret. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. No one should touch each other. I'm also (laughs) going to read you this last paragraph because I'm a big fan of last paragraphs. Quote, and he succeeded in diverting fate from its preordained path into one that would be better for the world. So he said, but there were people who did not share his opinion, people who envisioned a future without a farseer heir and without dragons. One of them decided to ensure that future by ridding herself of the fool that stood in her way. Very dramatic. Very. I'm it. torn because, like, I am not a fan of dragons, but I am a fan of fits. There's no middle ground. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, this would be you. <laughs> I'm not a hater of dragons, but I also just don't like the idea of these small, little, you know, short-lived creatures being the ones who get to decide the fate of dragons existing at all. Like, extinction isn't cool. Do you think dragons care about global warming? We don't. There's not global warming here. They don't have global warming there. They don't have cars or anything that makes, you know, gas off put. Dragons might melt glaciers (laughs) and be global warming. Yeah. Haven't you read Game of Thrones? (laughs) One mega series at a time here, folks. But George Martin says that this, these books shine like diamonds. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm really glad that my cover, my book of Fool's Fate, does not have that blurb on it. Mine it neither. Me very happy. I'm not interested in in reading a, a series that is never going to have an ending. So I'm just gonna <laughs> let that hang oh, out. Wow. Burn. Boom. Fair. Before we start chapter one, then, our recap is that the fool obviously has an agenda that involves dragons and 
there's other people who don't like dragons, and Fitz is a moron. Any any other details? <laughs> no, that's pretty much it. Okay. So chapter one. Chapter one is called Lizards. Uh, I guess this is blurb number three. <laughs> um, so Fitz is, as always, being mildly and dramatic in the intro, re- reminding us of all that the White Prophet Tribal Agency has warned him about their jaunt to Icefire Island. Uh, fun things to do there include having to choose between your love for your soulmate and your loyalty to your prince slash secret sort of son, potentially dying yourself, and a certainty that your soulmate will die. Tourism is great. Anyway, the intro reminds us that Fitz went and betrayed the fool early and told Shade everything, and they decided that the fool would be banned from the journey. So, cool. Uh, <laughs> so it's spring now, and there's flowers around the keep, yay. Uh, Fitz still has all his problems to deal with, but he's feeling great. Skill healing truly is a wonder. So he's, uh, he's chilling up in the Queen's Garden, which it seems to have taken him till now to finally visit. I guess he was busy. He's, uh, he's waiting for Swift to arrive for his lessons, and he's absolutely dreading it because he reminds him of Birch and Molly, and because he's witted and wants everyone to know it, and that makes Fitz uncomfortable. Mm. As a result, when Swift Witted arrives and presents himself as such, Fitz is like, yeah, I'm not calling you that. Ah, Fitz and his internalized witphobia. Uh, anyway, Swift basically thinks he's been sent to the principal's office, and Fitz assures him that he's just there to learn by being forced to read random scrolls and also taught to use the battle axe. Swift, however, is all, I'm better with a bow. Next on Fitz's school schedule are skill lessons with the coterie so he dismisses swift and heads off through the walls to only to arrive covered in cobwebs everyone finds this hilarious at least now skill lessons aren't a secret uh, at least now that skill lessons aren't a secret anymore since shade has let everyone know that he's teaching the prince bobby burke has shown up and given the tower a makeover so it now looks like a comfortable west elm showroom <laughs> it's likes it better there are cur- <laughs> there are curtains and wine and that's all anyone really needs Fitz tries to start class, but Thick is too busy digging for boogers in his nose to listen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tutiful offers him a handkerchief, and Fitz asks if anyone had any success in skill walking. Thick has only had success in blowing his nose, but apparently Thick did dream of a blue lizard bigger than the green salamander thing that just came out of his nose. <laughs> Such lovely visuals, Hob. <laughs> anyway, Tutiful dreamt of the blue dragon as well, and they both give a full report of the dragon dream. And Tintaglia's ridiculous pinwheel eyes, and how she wanted to know about the drag- black dragon, and like Etta and Ellen, a tangle Tintaglia, just go to the sky- take to the skies and go see for yourself. Anyway, Shade is super skeptical and also really jealous because he's not having dragon dreams. But Fitz has experienced this before too, and says as much, which just riles Shade for him. And so they might have another enemy to face in their quest to lop off Icefire's head. Class gets dismissed, and Shade stays behind to sneak some brandy, and he and Fitz briefly discuss the piebalds. Still a vague threat, I guess. And once again, Shade Shade asks his favorite question, can I send for an adult? To which Fitz replies with his usual, absolutely not. You'd think they'd get tired of this game. Oh man, Shade is so pouty this whole chapter. (laughs) He is. I'm so sick of his attitude. He He, sucks. He's like a wonderkind. He's finally found something he's not good at. And he's just like a bitch about it the whole time. Well, and he's like having a harsh time, or like a, a hard time with the reality of his age. And like, okay, so you don't get this skill. Like, fuck off. He's ruining it for everybody else. When you say that, Teenage it sounds shade. exactly like how it is in the book, where he sounds like he's 15. 
They don't want to. Well, think about it, though. He probably has to work really hard to get, like, this, like, 45 minutes in his schedule open. And then he shows up, (laughs) and it's just, like, you know, like, a booger picking and... Well, look, the booger picking was disgusting and, like, such a weird little side tangent for Robin to go on. I'm like, is this necessary? Like, no, it was a segue into dragons. Stand to get that disgusting segue. How else did they have You can't talk about dragons unless you talk about bodily fluids. It is... is A booger isn't a fluid. It's dried up. It's a byproduct. Some people have wetter boogers. I don't, I mean. No. <laughs> Stop talking <You> about <laughs> boogers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what about Swift? What do we think about Swift? I mean, I love that he's just like, I'm Swift-witted. I am witted. Everyone needs to know that I'm witted. And Fitz is just like, stop. Stop right, right now. Uh- Stop saying that. <laughs> This also felt like the replacement for gayness moment where it's like, stop shoving it in front of everyone's face. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm gay. I'm gay. <laughs> it's, yeah, weird because it's not that, I, I was going to say fits in his internalized witphobia slash other things, but I left it for mm, Yeah. <laughs> well, it, no, it, it exactly feels like that, too, because... It always is like the younger generation that pushes those boundaries of like what is acceptable and what is normal. And, you know, Swift is there like, I'm not going to hide what I am to make you feel more comfortable with yourself. Cringy boomer. Cringy boomer. (laughs) Even though he doesn't know that Fitz is witted because Fitz refuses to tell him. Right. But also, can you trust, could you trust him or would Swift like run around being like, well, this guy's witted. He's. You know, like... Oh, I mean, I do think that he should, like, make sure he could trust him before he would yeah. tell him. But he, he also would kid. never tell he's him. Not, this isn't like a 15-year-old. He's like 10. What yes, generation are the 10-year-olds now? They're not X's, are they? Are they something... Before? I think we're on, like, double Z or... Double when Z? do we start Why? the alphabet Zoomies. over? Zoomies. <laughs> Alpha... <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, I'm just trying to wow. see what uh, I guess. Drink. I guess Fitz is a millennial. <laughs> it's like what's the what's what's I a me and 35. a ten year old conversation? I, I don't know. I don't know like any ten year olds. So young, it hurts you. But he has the like inner whininess of a millennial, so I accept him as one of one of my own. Yeah, I agree with that. Take responsibility. He's just he, maybe he's on the cusp. He's in the middle. Hmm. An 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 uh, child of the uh, uh, Oregon Trail. <laughs> hey, that was a good game. <laughs> it was. So I guess he is a millennial. He's thirty five. He's That's a millennial. True. Yeah. Well, just because he's thirty five doesn't mean he's a millennial. It would depend on the year that he was born. I'm I'm saying like his. Well, we are. I, yeah, Fitz was born this. in nineteen eighty. I'm trying to draw a comparison. <laughs> yes, that we, we are understand. All of his age. As 30-year-olds, I'm sorry. We're just claiming him for our own in this instance. If we were reading this in 2005, we would be Gen Xers, but we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Now this is our idiot. I don't know. Maybe he's addicted to Instagram. We haven't learned that part about him yet, though. (laughs) Well, what is his Instagram account? What's it called? The Bastard. Staring in the mirror. And he wasn't—he wasn't very <laughs> hipster because he didn't like his clothes terribly fitted. So I don't know. At Mirror Boy. 
<laughs> I forgot we did all the handles. Night Eyes made the Instagram for him. His name is Changer. <laughs> oh, so wait, he changes his username every other day so that you don't know who he is? Yeah. <laughs> yes. One yes, moody exactly. Bitch. Yeah. One of those people, Eli? One of those people? Mm. All right. Mm. <laughs> if, if Night Eyes is running his Instagram, does that make Fitz the pet? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think that was always yeah. their relationship, yeah. was it not? Yeah. <laughs> Night Eyes definitely links to Fitz's account in his bio where he's like, you know, like dad to changer or whatever. <laughs> so my thing with Swift is is why we were introduced to him if everybody's about to get on a ship and ship out and we learn later on that like he's supposed to be like going home is he gonna stow away on the boat <laughs> that seems right uh, he totally is you'll too, have to read on to find out all right never mind get that bow because otherwise like why would we be introduced to him at all if everybody else is like getting ready to go to an ice island just thinking it through you guys he- yeah, yeah, you're being you're being observant. You're looking at structure. You're on chapter one. You're looking at that foreshadowing. All right. And anything else that we want to talk about in Lizards, the chapter Lizards? I would like Tintaglia to stop <laughs> asking about the Black Dragon and just go find out for herself. Like honestly, like honestly, she doesn't know where to go. No, just, if somebody would give her a map, she'd go check it out. But they haven't. But like she, she kn- doesn't want the babies to die, even though the babies will never grow up. She d- she doesn't this is like that them. thing in Star Someone Wars where they're could... like, we can't go to the hole in the map because we don't have that part of the map. Just go to the hole in the map, Tintaglia. Like she knows it's, she there. knows it's probably not the places she's traveling around now, so it's probably north. Yeah. And someone can feed the baby dragon some cows while she's away for a couple. Like she can get there she faster than I don't know. Back she in, like, thinks that days. humans are incompetent, though. So would she really leave her babies? These fragile. She's relying on humans to do everything else for. Her. I'm just saying she can get but under her supervision. She doesn't have anybody to delegate she just to. Send besides... Selden. Just put Selden on a on a boat and be like, go see if there's a dragon there. Why is she constantly bothering these people? She doesn't. I'm just know. saying she, she can get Selden there faster the than the boats can, and she can find out for herself. Maybe she doesn't want to loud herself out. Maybe <laughs> she needs to like she wants some just like some secret intel about a dragon instead of flying out there. And flaunting herself around. I just think that she's creating a much larger problem than actually exists. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe she just really wants to make sure that she looks really hot when she gets there. And after a really long flight, that might not be. But she'll I mean, have yeah, to true. make that really long flight eventually. <laughs> yeah, like, what if they say, yeah, there is a dragon there. What is she going to do? Be like, cool. And then just sit in her house i don't know she'll take i think a she's maintaining squad. a really manicured um mom instagram right now and she can't leave that <laughs> yeah she should ask selden all right anything else on chapter one silence okay now let's move on to chapter two which i have it is called sun's 
Uh, this chapter opens up with the history of King Taker, that first fire seer king that we've heard of before. Turns out he was an out-islander raider who landed on the shores of Buck and, not wanting to ever get on a boat again, <laughs> ever, ever, ever again, he burned a hole in the nice wooden structure of the keep that was there and killed everyone, probably, and then took over and then built himself into a big, rocky, unassailable castle like a coward. I'm kidding, not like a coward, but like a baby. It's five days until vacay, and Fitz is busy hitting his goals in Duolingo and teaching Swift <laughs> how to kill people. Swift is as good with a bow as he claimed, hmm. and the weapon master, Cresswell, thinks that he'd be wasted on the axe. Chase wants to teach him... Uh, sorry, Chase, no. Autocorrect. Shade! <laughs> like, the Master fuck cards. Shade, Shade wants card. him to be taught the axe, uh... Anyways, so Fitz remains one of Swift's many teachers, and Fitz basically hates it because Swift still won't stop talking about being witted, and in an attempt to grab someone else with an opinion to foist Swift upon, Fitz chases the newly styled Whitmaster Webb to the privy, which is really <laughs> smooth. <laughs> so Fitz Ooh. launches into a diatribe immediately. Guys, like, just took a shit, comes out, hey, uh... <laughs> About how gross and dangerous it is that Swift is so out of the closet, and he asks Webb to help him put Swift back in the closet, and Webb is like, yeah, but that would be a really difficult thing for you to deal with, Fitz chivalry, <laughs> which is pretty brave, because if Fitz has a reputation at all, it's for killing people in the walls of Buckkeep. So shout out to Webb, the bravest motherfucker alive. He says, quote, your wolf still looks out of your eyes, and he tells Fitz uh, this and offers to help him learn more of his own wit magic as well but only if he asks uh fitz's answer is to just walk away and webb then lets him know that it was via holly that he knows who fitz is so maybe webb isn't a total bad guy like their birds are friends or something <laughs> after this revelation and wanting to avoid dealing with any consequences <laughs> at all fitz escapes to buckheap town to pretend to be hap's loving father <laughs> and tell him he's abandoning him yet again Pap is pulling along in his apprenticeship and has taken up again with Svanya since her sailor boyfriend is out of town. Fitz tries to caution Hap, but Hap is in love, <laughs> and Svanya doesn't want to be with the sailor boy. She wants to be with him, and that is why they meet in secret. To provide for Hap while he's gone, um, but for no one knows how long at all, Fitz says that he's going to leave some money with Gindas, and Hap is like, no, he won't let me have it if I need it. So Fitz is like, well, son... I trust you because you're my son that I talk to once every four to five days. And I'm going to give this money to you. And then Hap is like, great, I'm going to give Svanya this money to hold for me. And that's that. <laughs> then Hap ditches Fitz for Svanya and Fitz goes for a walk. First, he goes to see the top-heavy tub that they're going to journey on. She's called the Maiden's Chance, but that's boring. So eventually, Fitz finds himself standing outside the Silver Key, where Lord Golden has taken up residence with endless parties, gambling, debauchery, and all the social events of the season. He's spending money faster than it can come in from his holdings in Jamelia, and he also has all kinds of visitors. The entire second floor of the Silver Key has been dedicated to what I imagine is a Marie Antoinette-style salon of puppetry and witty poetry, but it's probably more like craps and stones with wigs on. <laughs> he listens to some gamblers grumble over money that Lord Golden owes them until the Lord himself comes out onto the balcony and stares directly at Fitz, who thought he was in assassin skill concealment. Quote, 
I felt annoyed with him because he had noticed me so effortlessly. But Fitz doesn't know what Lord Golden's super easily unraveled secret message means, and he's really grumbly about it. He says, quote, surely friends can find a warmer place to speak privately, and Fitz is super confused by that statement. Um, I guess it means that he wants to fly in the air over the inn, Fitz. I mean, how <laughs> else would he talk to each other? So Fitz strolls back to the castle as the world's biggest grump. Oh, Fitz. Like, what's confusing about that statement? He's like, <laughs> I don't understand what he means. I don't know, maybe he, wants he was to go he was upset because he didn't know where they were going so that he could spy on them. But I assume that he was just walking inside <laughs> to talk with them, not outside. Right, but the fool secondarily was saying, "Oh, surely we can find some place." You don't need to just to stand outside here. my window gawking at me like a nut job. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you want to yeah. talk to me, just say. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> I want to go to a party at Lord Golden. Oh, hells yeah. That sounds like a blast. It'd be one of those times where I'd rally to stay up until like five o'clock in the morning, just getting blitzed. Oh yeah, for games. sure. Just to, yeah. yeah, just to see what goes yeah. on. Yeah. Really put my 24 hour lipstick to the test. <laughs> uh, Rachel, I love that for the happen fits scene, you didn't mention the fact that he had that soup and that that soup wasn't good at all. And oh god, that soup just wasn't very delicious. And oh yeah, it's gonna give me the runs. <laughs> the bread was hard, but my idiot son doesn't seem to notice. <laughs> it's like the bizarro details is. that we get in some of these scenes. Oh. It's just like, well, okay, you know. I should have mentioned it because I bet you Hap likes going there because it reminds him of Fitz's own cooking. Right, growing <laughs> up. like this is very homey to me. I really it's nostalgic and I appreciate it. The bo and hard bread and it's just an onion smell, just so good. Just like home. Oh gosh, this poor child. <laughs> poor Hap. He really is not also on a being great an idiot. <laughs> oh, like what young kid isn't an idiot? <laughs> yeah, and and at least Fitz left him some money, so you know if yeah, something that he really can give to his hussy down. girlfriend, so she can spend it on whatever the <laughs> fuck she wants. It's gonna be great. <laughs> He's oh, getting you know, played like a fiddle. Uh, <sighs> what else? Oh, uh, Web is growing on me. Web, yes, Web. He, yeah, he hasn't grown on me yet, but whatevs. Still don't trust him. I don't. I'm not feeling it, but maybe it'll change. I just, I just like that he knows who he is, and he's challenging him on it, and I find that fun. Yeah. It's I, just I so. Love, re- oh, go ahead. I I just love that this amazingly kept secret for the past 15 years. It's just like <laughs> yes. Everybody knows it at this point. Right, and I love that he's like, I can't tell Birch and Molly, and I can't tell Patience, and I can't tell any of these people, because I'm supposed to be dead, but, like, literally everybody else knows. <laughs> those those people only don't know because they don't live in Buckingham. Well, I think the problem is, is that when he went to, like, learn from Black Rolf and Holly, he just wasn't, he, like, didn't even try to have a secret identity. <laughs> they were like... Oh, so you're fit chivalry, and he was like, yeah. But they'd also, he, he and Night Eyes had also been, like, a, blasting their conversations one. everywhere, so they kind of right. probably already knew. 
Yeah, but we did fits chivalry with a wolf, but not that one. Not that. You hadn't created Tom Badgerlock yet. I have complained since day one that somehow having a scar run down your face does not fucking make you look totally unidentifiable. Okay, (laughs) this is like Superman Clark Kent bullshit with the glasses, and I'm. It's just (laughs) it doesn't make any sense. His nose is slightly broken. Oh well, okay. He had a badger lock until like five seconds ago. And when people see him, they think that they're looking at Chivalry's ghost. I do think it's um one, like okay, yeah, he knows who Fitz is. I do think it's nice that um everybody seems to be embracing the wit around the keep, you know? Like Yeah. Seems like things are going really well with all of that. Yeah, he says that Webb is becoming um, you know, a social butterfly. He gets invited to all the hangs. I think giving him a title of Whitmaster is a bit much, but. I'd, I'd like to think Whit that was boss. maybe like a mocking title. You know, like a little bit of a. Like backhanded. maybe he's not actually funny, but. Like maybe. Like, it's a like double. people don't like the wit. They're just like, oh, he's the Whitmaster. <laughs> you know? Like he doesn't have. It's... it's just like okay. what people are calling him. I don't know. I think it's funny that, like, Fitz is like, oh, yeah, he's really good at talking to people. Like, he'll talk to a scullery maid, and he'll talk to someone important, and that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Fitz, those are just called social skills. I know you're, like, inept at that, but, God, he's he's very socially awkward, and it's kind of painful. Well, like, Fitz will talk to anyone, too. Does he think that he's, like, some kind of, like, social savant as well? I think (laughs) that Fitz thinks that he's he's... better than other people, and he's talking to the scullery maid just to gain information, but Webb seems to just be talking to everyone willy-nilly, like he doesn't even understand social norms. (laughs) Like, he's judging him. (laughs) Wait, it's because Fitz is only doing that stuff because it's part of secret assassin Mm. duty, whereas, like, Webb just genuinely seems to enjoy doing it for the sake of doing it, and Fitz just doesn't understand why you would do something like that. You have two wolves inside. If, if it wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't specifically for a job. <laughs> Socializing, a job. Well, you know, like he he'll mingle at parties, which basically means he stands there awkwardly and listens to people. And but and like, and he's <laughs> terrible at parties. <laughs> <laughs> But like he won't. He's not like a genuinely friendly guy. I just think it, I think it's great. He's like, look, I should be going straight to Shade and telling him that Webb knows who I am, which would probably give me permission to murder this guy. But instead, I'm going to go to the pub, and I'm going <laughs> to ignore this like it didn't happen. He does love his denial. I. He also just assumes that somebody going around calling themselves the Whitmaster. Is gonna be like, yeah, kid. Can't tell people you're witted. You should keep that to yourself. Yeah, I, that the whole thing was very strange. I'm like, does he hear the words coming out of his mouth? Cause... <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to be himself, and I just think that's a horrible idea. I think also, like, if if suddenly society flips and like it's really okay to be witted, what are Fitz's excuses for remaining in hiding? I He's think smoke comes out of his ears and he just like explodes and just fits parts everywhere. 
he can't be like oh i'm sorry i hit i completely ran from you and was a terrible father and and what you know and, and i didn't support any of the people who loved me uh because i was witted i was keeping you safe but now it'd be like oh i just didn't want to <laughs> 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 i couldn't deal uh. yeah what it's not what he really does Well, it's like he's witted now, but like if he, I mean, I hate it that he doesn't have his wolf. But like, would anyone really care if he like didn't have an actual bond mate? Well, that's true. That's like how Birch has been doing it, right? It's like I'm witted, but I don't have an animal, so I'm not partaking of the magic. Like, I mean, I know Swift doesn't either, but that's because he's still a kid. But right. like. Yeah, it's like a weird, um, they're probably doing it so that they don't get noticed initially, but they, it like becomes like bullying rules for the sake of rules kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that, that necessarily, I don't, I don't know. Like the whole, I get the whole, you don't want to bond too early because it's kind of like getting married, but that's not really how it felt with Fitz. No, I mean, at all. It's, it's, it's almost more like don't get bonded too early because you can't handle it when they die. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. But I think, you know, with, with Fitz and, like, Nosy and Smithy, it was like, he was just, even obviously with Night Eyes too, which is why everyone thinks that their bond was so weird, is because he just, they became too intertwined. Right, they I prioritized think. each other over their own, like... Right, so I think in you know in bonding too young, I don't think you know to like separate yourself enough. But I that, think well, also you know, Fitz is a bit of a heretic. I don't think he really thinks that any of that stuff is actually necessary because he and Night Eyes were very much like, eh, we're just gonna do what we're gonna do. Well, yeah, but I do think I mean I I do think he thinks he bonded too young in terms of like Nosy and Smithy, though. right? So I do pain. think he right. does have some of that caution. But I also, I mean, I do think also he's, like, heard those rules, so now he's like, well, I can impose this on someone who I don't want to, like, be doing stuff with the wit. Yeah, it's very hypocritical, and I feel like it's a lot of it's just like, oh, other people have told me this, so I'm going to, you know, educate someone else with what someone else taught me, even though I don't understand it. You know, he's like, I will be. He's like, I will personally be persecuting you if you continue to do this. Is that what you want? You want me to persecute you? It's like you don't have to do that, Fitz. Uh, but he can't even tell Swift that he can't bond so early because then he'd have to admit that he knows those rules and why. Right. Right. Exactly. So he goes to Web to try to get that information done in a more obvious way, and Web's like, I'm not doing your dirty work for you. So now he's stuck. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's move on to chapter three. The intro is a historical account of a white prophet dude named Hoquin that had a child catalyst, and and he tells her to renounce her heritage and name herself Wild Eye on account of her lazy eye. And and that she needs to get past, uh, you know, the fact that she is no longer beholden to her parents. So I guess she's sort of estranged or something. Um, and, but I'm, I'm sort of thinking that like, you know, that's kind of a cool nickname, you know, if you get past the fact that it's sort of a jape on her, you know, lazy eye, which kind of sucks. 
and then apparently she cried about it a lot and then she was told to stop and so she did <laughs> don't yeah but we we heard about her before so fitz is packing beware <laughs> his shirts are in peril um for the great voyage and um he's miserable and that he's awake so there, that was how it was described. Fitz is miserable that he's awake, which I think we can all identify with in 2020. Um, <laughs> he reflects on maps and charts and scrolls of the distance that is to be crossed, etc. Anchorage locations, whirlpools, blah, blah, blah. Um, they have to hit the Isle of Zylig. Sounds like Iceland. Is there a fermented shark, maybe? Um, and then they, once they're there, they'll meet up with some more <laughs> out islanders and transfer over to those vessels. And then Dutiful gets put on display for Nanchesca's family, and that's boring, um, I guess. Well, I I don't I don't know why we're talking about it now. It's gonna happen, right? So that's cool. So that's the plan. Thanks, Fitz. Thanks for going over all that. Uh, um, Fitz spends the next part of the chapter worrying about the various people it has it has charged. Hap's recurrent idiocy with Splanja, which I was very very disappointed with him in. That was very bad. Do not go back to Splanja Ho. Um, Swift's and then he's also dealing with obviously with Swift's bridge like stubbornness. We talked about that, but Fitz isn't done talking about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Then the fool just ninjas up to Fitz, and their interna- interaction is awkward as fuck. And then they, of course, have to uh, discuss the aforementioned awkwardness, agnosium. And then the fool t- tries to give Fitz a pep talk on his Fitz problem, children. And, um, you know, Fitz is mostly, mostly just worried about who's going to look after them in his absence. Um, Fitz then asks the fool how he's able to go between all those different people he is and then and and has been Amber, Lord Golden, the fool, etc. And the fool gives what is supposed to be a very sincere argument about how it's not deception, but he's simply showing a different facet of himself each time. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, it feels deceptive. But I don't know how you guys feel about that. But I think that's a little bit of a little bit of gaslighting there or something. Um, <laughs> creates issues is all I'm saying. The fool glances at the open maps on Fitz's workbench and points out a whirlpool. Wow. Then the conversation is steered down a very dark alley that involves Lord Golden's imminent departure and the fool himself for that matter. He's convinced he's going to die. Fitz quietly reflects on his ingenious plan to prevent the magic prophet's vision coming to fruition through the use of an even greater power, bureaucracy. <laughs> His name isn't on the list, right? Um, <laughs> then there's a brief axe lesson with Swift. Um, the axes are heavy. Fitz is rusty. Fitz takes a steam bath. Fitz has soup. Fitz feels old. Fitz goes back to the walls. <laughs> it's a long chapter. Um, uh, finally. Best recap. The, the fool is... <laughs> The fool is back and he's wearing all black like a person in mourning of his own death and nudges his finer belongings, including the sword, towards Fitz. Um, these are belongings that uh, Fitz left behind when he joined the Queen's Guard. Uh, and he's and then, to top it all off, the, the fool tries to give back Chivalry's earring and Fitz, is, Fitz refuses furiously. 
and he says, quote, stop this funeral rite. Um, Lord Golden's room is completely packed up and tidy. More jury dialogue where the fool sinks deeper into melancholy, but yum, apricot brandy. Um, <laughs> all of it sounds so dramatic so to Fitz and the readers until we are all reminded that the fool is actually a magic prophet. And the reason he's so convinced of his imminent demise is because he's fucking seen it at the end of it. There's nothing no more, only darkness. So that seems like it might, you know, make you a little more doomy, gloomy if you actually, you know, see it happening to yourself. Um, so I get that. Uh, the, then the fool accompanies Fitz through the walls uh, to the skill training class with dutiful thick and shade. And the fool explains he wants to try to share and learn some of the skill. He's invited to participate, but it becomes quickly apparent that the fool just isn't part of the coterie. Fitz observes it him, uh, to himself that the fool is a sort of a perceived intruder among the coterie. Um, and it is described as not being able to lift the dazzle off a pond or whatever that means. <laughs> it's more of that abstract skill language. Um, they try to skill together, which is described to look like praying, which is the first time that it occurred to me that skilling might look like praying. Um, the fool is able to skill the fits, but no one, no one else um, is, and then something big happens. Fitz and the Fool fall into some new tier of skilling or maybe some prophecy catalyst joining thing that is completely independent of the skill. And in the, in, uh, in the midst of all this intense intimacy, I have a quote. The Fool ran through my veins, hot as liquor, cold as ice. For a flashing instant, we shared physical awareness. The intensity of it went beyond any joining I'd ever experienced. It was more intimate than a kiss and deeper than a knife thrust, beyond a skill link and beyond sexual coupling, <laughs> even beyond my wit bond with night eyes. It was not sharing, it was becoming. Um, then out of the fear that Fitz's ingenious scheme to preserve the fool's life would become known to the fool, he tore himself away and ran under a table. Um, <laughs> and the, the, the phrase, and I set no limits on my love echoes in, his, in Fitz's mind. And then it is discussed among the group what just happened. And instead of feeling spent, this is very interesting detail, which I, I realized. Instead of feeling spent like the skill, Fitz feels super energized. So this might be some sort of new power level up, which is great because the skill taps you out. Maybe this taps you in. Um, the rest of the chapter is then spent on a battle of the wills between the fool and shade regarding specifically how it's Fitz's decision what to do with the dragon. The fool wants ice fire's life spared, whereas shade thinks it's more important that the agreement on that the agreement is honored. Um, and therefore the marriage between Nancheska and dutiful is made successful. And the fool makes the argument that ice fire needs to mate with Tintaglia so that the world can be filled up with dragons again. And shade makes a very good point that considering how chaotic dragons tend to be, isn't it better that we just leave them dead? Uh, but the fool is convinced that it must be in order to move that, that, that dragons must be in order to move the world into a better place. And Fitz listens, but he doesn't seem to come up with any conclusive decision about which way he'll go. But it's clear that it will be Fitz's decision, catalyst duties and all. My money is on dragons, personally. Uh, and then Jade, Jade calls Fitz a sword, which was kind of rude. And so that deducts Jade by one point um, in Fitz's mind, I think. <laughs> Uh, and then Fitz briefly reflects on how the fool will eventually become aware of the ruse to prevent him from going on the voyage um, while he's cradling the fool's night eyes charm that he made for him. 
Little carving of night eyes. Might as well. Yeah, I don't know how Shade would have thought that was like a good thing to say because he was. <laughs> it's like Fitz was like, "You guys treat me I'm like you think it. I'm stupid, like a horse or something." And Shade's like, "No, not like a horse. I'd never think that. I, you're a blade. You're a sword. You're a tool. Shut up, tool. You're a, fu- you're an you're an a fucking object. tool. You dumbass." <laughs> You're a big, strong, stupid boy. You're my big, strong, <laughs> stupid boy. Yeah. Not his big, strong, stupid boy. Mine. Mine. <laughs> You're related to me. <laughs> like a golden retriever. Yeah. It's just funny that, like, Fitz has a panic attack and the fool's like, I'm fine with it. That was cool. <laughs> I'd do that again. <laughs> I, I do like that quote that Joy pulled. I like the uh, the idea, of, like, with my video game brain, thinking that Fitz is like, oh, he's out of energy. He can't go on any further. And then he gets a nice smooch from the fool, and he's energized. <laughs> <laughs> so put that in the notes for the video game of Realm of the Elderlings. <laughs> get We're intimate with fool for power-ups. It's beyond any kind of sexual coupling, okay? It is... Spiritual. It is hotter than a knife thrust. (laughs) More dangerous than sex. (laughs) It's like when Zan and John Crichton do that mind meld thing. Two fits, two furious. The power, the passion, the danger. (laughs) They're drift compatible. They are. Oh God. (laughs) I'm not in this club. I got all your references. Is it do okay? So here's a good question: Does the skill always is is a catalyst and the the white prophet? Do they always share the skill? Does does the white prophet have the skill, the wit, both? Well, I don't know. Neither. So the intro the introduction talked about Wild Eye and uh, Hawkwin. Hawkwin. Did we notice that that was the same as a previous introduction? Uh huh. Yeah. Huh? So, no. so Hoquin is like clearly a jackass in this intro, and he's like mm-hmm. calling her Wild Eye. Um, in a previous introduction, she feeds him his favorite rabbit. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Nice. She got some vengeance. Yeah. So you know, this seems like they weren't as connected. They're like yeah. the, they're kind of like they're usually presented in these introductions as kind of the opposite type of relationship. Not a very good team. More, I would yeah, say. more controlling, more more um, yeah, certainly less uh, reciprocal. I don't know if they uh, set the world into a better path or not, but they don't seem <laughs> it doesn't to sound like it. Like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're here now. So. <laughs> Let's blame Hawkwind. But what is the fool fixing, if not the mistakes of all the rest of these prior prophets, right? It's true. What, is, what, what are these prophets trying to do? I mean, there's... I mean, they probably are responsible for the fact that dragons are dead in the first place. I mean, the the sad truth of it, of it is, is if I, as myself, were somehow transported into this world, woke up in this book tomorrow... I'd probably be like, we have to stop these people because they are clearly a cult, and <laughs> <laughs> like they they're trying to like st- 
like change the future for their own personal views like that seems wrong <laughs> like, illuminati there seems it's like you really do have to trust that like whatever this future is really is the best future and not just like their idea of the best future yeah, I'm skeptic. I mean, in we these. only tr yeah. sort of trust the fool because he's the fool and we've known him, but right. I don't think I would trust another one. Well, that's what I mean. Like, if you were not Fitz and you were, and you didn't have the you know the omnipotence of the reader, this is a very right. scary like ask. It's a very scary person. Uh. I also like that the fool is being kind of expelled from the coterie after having kind of like been a junior member. Yeah. Not be I just like that he, I mean, I know he was busy, like, you know, spending all his money and like, you know, yeah. buying out inns and whatnot. But like, it seems odd that he just has finally come to talk to Shade now. Because Fitz went down to the bar and said, come visit me. I think that there's a miscommunication happening where the fool felt rejected and went off to do his thing. And then, like, has feels kind of like Fitz has made, like, an overture. Well, I like that he said he sent a message to Shade. And <laughs> Shade ignored it. Yeah. <laughs> now, did Shade ignore it because he ignored it? Or did Shade ignore it because he forgot? I think he intentionally ignored it because he didn't want I to have this conversation it. about Fitz and what, yes. what choice he'll make. I think I he's trying that... to keep the fool away from Fitz. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't think Shade is having memory problems anymore. I think he fixed himself. <laughs> <laughs> Can you fix your mind, though? Can a broken mind fix itself? Yeah, sure. I want to. I want to believe that for myself, for my own. Depends on how much of uh, fixed life force he sucked out of him. Poor <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, what else? What else happened? My question is: Do you think the fool is on to the ruse yet? Like. He's like, I already know these fuckers aren't going to let me onto that boat, and I already have my own path. Because he's been having all of these people from Jamelia and, you know, wherever. These tattooed people and, you know, heathens <laughs> and just such. Sound like... Rolling <laughs> in and rolling like out. Like, it seems like knows. he's been laying the plans for passage for himself. I mean, I think that at the very least, with this argument with Shade, he's pretty... Uh wary to it at this point I would imagine I can't say anything I, can't. <laughs> I mean if we look at the evidence we have number one he can see the future true, true. <laughs> crazy now you're just using but logic he doesn't usually know that it's happening until it's happening and then he would be like, I foresaw this. That's what that meant. Yeah, I did. I think I remember seeing this happen already. Maybe yeah. he's getting better, <laughs> even though Fitz never gets better. The fool actually grows and, you know, learns. And power and influence. Gathering as many catalysts as he can across the world until he <laughs> comes. No, I don't know. It's too scary. Uh, I guess we will find out. 
I can say this confidently because I actually read ahead, so I almost actually know spoilers now, so it's very funny. <laughs> we will find out, I think, I'm pretty sure. Uh, all right, so let's move on to chapter four. Chapter four, an exchange of weapons. The intro is about Hod, the previous weapons master at Buckkeep. Even though she spent her time teaching the men-at-arms how to fight, she was even better at forging weapons. To this day, many a mom will excitedly yell when a hod blade graces the Antiques Roadshow. (laughs) (laughs) Fitz leaves the fool thinking that he too should have packed for the coming trip, and so he scoops up all of his belongings from Lord Golden's place and dumps them in a pile with his stuff in the tower. He surrounds himself with his possessions and delights in his hoard. A toothbrush! His Pokemon cards and his single extra pair of clothing, which Night Eyes drooled on and no one else is allowed to wash. So he stuffs it in his sea chest and whew, his packing is done. As Fitz. What about the shirts? Now, come on, he did put things on hangers. Okay. <laughs> He left the fool's nice stuff in the tower with all of the moth-eaten shit from Shade. Cool. Um, (laughs) As Fitz finishes his arduous task of packing, Dutiful emerges into the tower. Fitz is excited to give him Verity's sword, which for the thousandth time he claims to be too good for a shitty swordsman like him with only 87 kills to his name. (laughs) Obviously, Duty is super enthusiastic. He runs and happily comes back with another fancy sword, Chivalry's, which he gives to Fitz. What follows is a montage, and it's actually kind of sweet, of sword swinging and blade measuring. Chivalry's is longer. No, Verity's is thicker. And as when hot people are described as cats, now we get a uh, another interesting description as hot swords being like birds. I love these animal descriptions we get of things. The fun scene ends lamely as Fitz sticks Shiv's sword up on the wall in the tower and is like, no one will see it here. Cool. Um, Cool. That night, Fitz has a nightmare about a dangerous mountain crossing that he had in Asquest, where he and everyone else was constantly in danger of a rock slide, and he's carrying the fool across this, like, slippery slope. But as he's carrying the fool across this rock slidey slope, he looks up and he sees Nettle sitting there, up there, watching him, watching him struggle. And hilariously, as someone who controls dreams rather than being controlled, Nettle is just asking Fitz for help with a apparently normal-ass problem. problem. Uh, meanwhile, Fitz is fighting to survive his whole time in his dream while she's talking. And I, f- I feel like this would be like a really fun movie scene. Like, she's just talking to him having a co- normal conversation, and he's like, i got to carry the fool across this slope. <laughs> um, anyway, Nettle is asking for help because she helped Swift run away from home, and she for- she uh, she forged a letter from Burrich, and as you'd probably guess, the stubborn old grouch didn't give up on Swift. Um, the whole family is grieving for their lost kid, and Nettle wants Fitz's help to talk to Burrich about it. Lol. <laughs> Uh, Fitz resolves to solve the problem in some other way, any goddamn other way than that. And then <laughs> we're rewarded with our patience for this chapter by a bee that has been buzzing around, turning into a gossip-hungry fucking blue dragon that we're familiar with. Um, 
She wants to know all the deets about the Black Dragon and Aslavial. And Nettle is a badass and banishes her with, uh, you know, just like a shake of her hand and saying, hey, go away. And the bee dragon goes away. And then uh, she makes Fitz wake up because she can do that, too. Um, the chapter ends with Fitz taking a trip to the women's gardens all alone and thinking about what to do about Swift. And while he's there, he runs into Starling. Oh, joy. <laughs> Dear listener, Morning, I take Starling. years off of my life just recounting this nonsense to you. <laughs> so Starling asks Fitz if he is bonded again, to which Fitz respond is, responds sorrowfully uh, that anyone else would just remind him of what he had lost. And Starling then asks if he would ever take Molly back. And she's like, have you seen Birch lately? He's a blind, ugly old sack of crap. She would take you back in a heartbeat. Fitz is fighting back tears and I'm fighting back bile. It's a great time. Um, (laughs) Accidentally getting to the meat of the conversation, Fitz uh, tries to distract and ask how Starling's husband is. Ooh. Yeah, Apparently like... he left for an extended trout fishing trip with some foxy <laughs> lady Ivy while wearing a hat saying, women want me, fish fear me. <laughs> nice. That'll work. So uh, Starling plans to go on the trip to the out, out Islands to uh, get away from her husband. And uh, Fitz groans, I groan, and uh, it will be a lot worse than trout fishing, he says. And We'd have we would have been the perfect catch or match, says Starling, and then she saunters away, shaking her booty the whole time like a cat, probably. Um, is it over? No, this chapter is not over. Um, so Fitz, upset with his lack of control of anything in his life, he goes and finds Swift and demands that he go home. The end. The chapter's over. The thing Go that home, gets Swift. me about 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 Starling in the scene is she's barefoot, wearing not wearing like wearing indoor clothes, like wearing a robe. Right. Which I feel like w- is like not how you're supposed to go around buttkeep. It's not. Oh, like... where? But she's that crazy <laughs> minstrel. She's just you know living her life in her room. She's the new patience. Socks and slides. So- <laughs> <laughs> I just love like she's, she's put out at, she's put out at the idea of her young husband fucking a young woman, but she was cheating on her husband for fucking ever. Like, come on, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's a hypocrite. Hypocrito. She blows. Well, I love how she's like, "Oh, have you bonded again?" And Fitz is like, "Oh, you mean night eyes? No, I couldn't ever replace night eyes." And she's like, "Yeah, but so does that mean you're back with Molly?" And he's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a fucking just shut up, lady, man. Like, what? Why are we trying, trying to do trying to, try to stir some bullshit. shit? Up. Trying to pry into him, just like get in Let's there. Let's just, just ruin someone else's marriage. I mean, she has a solid mind. argument though of like Birch. The age gap is significant between them. Birch is old. You could get in. You know that's how it goes when these little young things marry these old sugar daddies. They the sugar daddies start to get gross, and then they get too gross, and then you have to bail on them. But Birch is an honorable man, so doesn't mean he's not gross. We like Birch, don't we? I I don't have Mm. anything against Birch. I'm just saying he's getting old and gross. I have a question about what could Nettle see 
in the dream. Don't you think Nettle would be like, who's that you're carrying? What's up with I thought he wasn't carrying anyone. I thought he was just recounting that when he did this in real life, he had the fool in his hand. But now he's just going across the rock slide. carrying something, but it's just nothing. It's invisible. It's possible that I'm I'm like making shit up. I don't know. It's yeah, a, I don't think he actually had the fool in his arms. He ha- but he had, but one of the llamas is definitely there, and it's floating. <laughs> the llamas, is that what you it's, just said? Yeah, one of those llama yes. things. It's like just floating above his head, like stuff does. The Jeppas? Yeah. yeah, the Jeppa. Get it right, Rachel. Jeppas. It's a llama. It's a llama. Jeppas. <laughs> um, I don't know why do they can like have the... raccoons and cats, but not llamas. I don't really understand. <laughs> Um, I do like the sword scene, and shout out to to Catherine Draws for doing that one. Mm. Too. Yeah, that's a it's amazing that we read this today, and she posted that today. But it's well, problematic you guys will though see because she's lapping us now, and now I'm, I'm yeah, worried about go ahead. spoilers. So I was talking to her, to her about this on Twitter, and she said she was taking a break in like January or February, and well, hoping that we would like like maybe we would all catch up and think again. Um, but that's a month and a half but, away. Yeah, we're definitely like I think that there's going to be like we're gonna like pull ahead and then she's gonna pull ahead and then we're gonna pull ahead because we're going five chapters at a time and there are other scenes. But you know, I'm just really shocked and I'm I'm not a, a visual artist so I don't know. But like I'm I'm shocked at how quickly she puts out so much right. content. Like it's kind of crazy. It is pretty. As someone who has done the drawing a day challenge, it's exhausting. So yeah, and it's watercolor. So she's like, she's drawing it, and then she's doing the watercolor. I'm like, this is kind of bananas, but all right. She's Mm -hmm. doing art faster than we can read. Terrifying to me. Yeah, watercolor is hard. Yeah, and she's doing all those backgrounds. I hate backgrounds. I will say though that butterfly dress tangent, but like that butterfly dress one was fabulous. I saw that one and I was like, no, spoiler. And then I'm like, no, we're caught up. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, now she's officially going to be ahead. Oh, God. I'll just look. I, I won't read. Tin- I love Tintaglia as a bee. I love Tintaglia as a bee. <laughs> just not when she starts speaking. <laughs> I'm interrupting this. It's I don't care. I do Someone think it's cute the way that she like sneaks into the dreams as different animals. It's like <laughs> yeah. I'm just a little lizard and like I'm just a little bumpy. <laughs> very Zeus-like. It's also very cute, yeah. like you reread it and you see that like a bee buzzes by his head like six times before she like erupts <laughs> into a dragon size. <laughs> do you think do you think that like it's is it ironic that Tintaglia picks like lower life forms? It's not like she's coming in as like a regal beast or anything. She's bugs and like geckos. It's, it's what she thinks of them. <laughs> she's like, this is the but, same. Like, right? I will make my I will make myself a, a bug, and they'll just respond to that because that's what they are. To yeah. me. No she wants to be same. beneath notice. Yeah, right. Makes right. Sense. I guess that's true. Yeah. So is is Starling going on the trip? Oh, I that was such I was so Let's bummed by that news. I'm so sick of this bitch. Why is she even around? <laughs> I don't like her. I never maybe have she'll liked fall her. off the side of the boat. No, that's no. She won't. Back before we did the podcast, <laughs> and I was starting to read the, the books. 
Rachel go, I go, man, I don't know about this Molly chick. This isn't really the love interest. And Rachel's like, wait till you get to Starling. She's amazing. And I was just like, <laughs> okay. Smack me with a spoon. Maybe. I don't know what you were trying that, at. That really doesn't sound like me, but okay. Let's. Starling was fine in the first, like, little bit she was there, and then she got terrible. Never liked her. The record will show. I've hated her since the beginning. <laughs> it's true. Alyssa, what were you going to say? No one has watched the plank yet. Oh. Just saying. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Somewhere out there. It's just super annoying that she's, like, inviting herself. Like, doesn't she think that she would have gotten an invite for the fucking boat if people wanted her there? Do you really think she's going to stay at home when, like, the prince and Fitz are going on an adventure? Yeah, like she, she's, she's a thirsty bee, and she's looking for another top 40 hit. Like, I get it, but it's just yeah. super annoying. <laughs> so, you know, maybe some Fitz dick. She's already spending all her time listening to people make covers of her songs and, like, that are, like, <laughs> people like more than hers. She should just stay at home and put out a greatest Fitz album. You know what? I, I, I know, no, I know what it's called. It's called, it's called Fish Sticks and Fitz Dicks. Oh my God. <laughs> did you I say fish fit sticks or fits dick <laughs> fish fish sticks and fits dicks okay that's what okay he has multiple okay he's got that multiple suffices. we don't have to say that again uh yeah ever <laughs> my, the thing that bugs me most about the the conversation is that it starts off with fits being like oh man, I wish things could be simple between us, which is like him saying like, God, she's hot. I wish we could go back to that. Uh, <laughs> is she hot? I get to him. Yeah, he, I mean, she he's... She always looks like Starling to him. And that skanky sort oh, of Oh yeah, life. there's nothing more romantic than being like, you could look slaggy or good. I can't tell the difference. Yeah, and that's, right? <laughs> she's, she's like uh, Snooky, apparently. Yes. Because she tells <laughs> She tells him how great he looks. Strung out. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I guess being a guardsman will do that for you. And she's like, what are you trying to say? Yeah, she's like, you look good. And he's like, you look like you always do. And it's like, you look like a person <laughs> aging at a normal pace that hasn't had magic. Hair you look, he's you like... look like a woman in the fullness of her years. It's like, <laughs> this you. is explicitly oh, not a comment on your appearance. Thank you. <laughs> this is the person that would ask her age on her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, judging by the uh, the slope of your breast and the sagging of your rear, I think that you might be about 45. She's a horse. Like... I like how you're starting to get that second chin. It's very becoming. <laughs> <laughs> it's very becoming of you. Yeah, I, I, like, I, like I don't know if like... Like what? He's is... got low standards. He just he. Has, I don't know. He's I, hard up. His... But also, <laughs> like, if he doesn't want to be with her, then yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't tell her she's fucking smoking blazing hot. Tell her she's kind of. Well, mid. yeah, that's true. <laughs> where where on the hot level is she compared to Molly and uh, Jenna? You know, I think that's trying to compare apples and oranges. I don't know. One has I mean, half, if, the other is not. If you're talking about. Okay. Uh, the, the previous trilogy, or the first trilogy, I guess. I mean, he always talked about her as being very attractive. Who, Molly? No, Starling. Starling. Starling has that certain uh, narcissistic... If we, 
if we stack up the amounts of paragraphs he uses to describe, like, the fool versus... No, they don't even compare. <laughs> they don't compare. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? It's like, okay, I guess, I guess Starling is glamorous and probably a little bit more fashionable than someone like Molly, who could probably couldn't afford to be fashionable, right? And, like... She had red skirts, Rachel. That was all that, that was, was important. Did she have red skirts or red hair or red it was a, coat? It was or... a she red, red, she had red, red everything. Skirts. It was like a red ribbon red in her hair. No, red, she had red, 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 red hair. that she had some red in her coat? Did she, she have she red had a nice body coat, hair? According to Burge. She had a nice okay. coat. <laughs> <laughs> A healthy, a healthy coat. coat. Red skirt. Just the newness in that mane and tail. A whole I coat. like the gleam of her coat. <laughs> She's been eating healthy and brushing her hair. Real sexy. <laughs> and you want to leave let a man take nice three paragraphs to poetically odor. describe the fool. Horrible. Just horrible. I don't Heft. think Fitz... Fitz just deserves to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> it's awful. Um, if I have to read about uh, Fitz touching anyone ever again, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I feel like that's definitely going to happen. Uh, I like the shout out to Hod so that we know who made yes. those two important swords. That was nice. I did like that Fitz was like. Maybe I shouldn't have given this sword to him. It won't mean anything to him. Oh, look, he's happy. Oh, wait, he's running away. Why did I do this? Oh, look, a new he's sword. He's so Hello. dumb. Like, <laughs> and but also, I, like, I really... can't accept this sword. Anytime he mentions Verity, Dutiful is like, oh my god, my dad. I've never met my dad. <laughs> he's like, tell me, tell me something about my dad. Your dad is Darth Vader. What? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really I sweet though father. when a duty was like, "Look, I'll I'll take this sword now. You can't be seen with this sword because it's too fancy. But then, like when I get to the throne, then we'll do tradesies, and then you can have this one back, and then I'll take that one because it's the king's sword." I thought that was a nice little thoughtful for a teenager. It was very thoughtful. Dutiful was very thoughtful in that, it's a in good that exchange. Now, why is Chivalry's sword the king's sword when Verity's the only one that actually... Because I think it's the only Hod fancy sword them. they had left. Yeah. I suppose. Well, I think it's also because when Hod made them, Chivalry, Chivalry was going was to And it has the, the bigger yeah. buck, so it's got to be the king's sword. That's true. Yeah. But I think what's also interesting is the fact that, like, one, Fitz immediately kind of almost regrets doing it. He's like, oh, no, I didn't want to give away the sword. I liked it. And then when he's given Chivalry's sword, he's like, well, this is nice, but I'm immediately going to reject it and hang it on the wall. It's like he doesn't he doesn't have that connection with Chivalry, or he, maybe he doesn't want that connection with Chivalry. And he's got that connection with the fool, and he's got the sexy bird of prey sword that yeah. the fool gave him. <laughs> He's like, the fool picked this one out for me. I'm going to keep it. It's fine. Serviceable. He's like, it's it's still too good for me, but, you know. It is, Fitz. It really is. <laughs> everything's too good for him. Uh, shall we move on to every episode prompts? Sure. Gosh, we're on time today. I'm so happy. Okay. Uh, friends in high places, character introductions and exits. Looks like I'm the only one that filled this out, so I put Cresswell. <laughs> Who is Cresswell? 
the new weapons, weapons master. master. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. This was the guy that was sobbing on their way back from the the woods. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whipmaster Webb, who is friends with Holly's bird. Uh, Svanya's uh, ex-boyfriend's name is Refton. I'm oh, saying time. X is a little generous. I think that is her boyfriend. <laughs> Her yeah. betrothed. It's her current, her, betrothed. her current betrothed boyfriend. Her, her current, her current, her fiance. Her fiance. Fiance. Uh, and then her contra- uh, contractually obligated boyfriend. Just to give us more uh, buck names, uh, the two people, the two drunk people arguing about who owed what money, uh, were Lady Heliotrope, which must be hard <laughs> to say when you're drunk, and Lord Capable. Which means he's Maybe not capable just, at all. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cappy. Maybe yeah. they just call her Lady Trope. That's, oh. Tropes. Hey, tropes, tropes. What's up? I like it. Lady Tropes. <laughs> or hell. Uh, anyone else from your chapters that was introduced? Oh, God. Were we supposed um, to be paying attention? Thick um, boogers? No. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> no one. Great. Uh, skills acquired. Fitz and company learn and grow with what new skills were shown in this section. Pouting is not new. Who put pouting? <laughs> yeah, that is old. <laughs> it's not a new skill. Um, I guess it depends uh, yeah. on who acquired it. Who's pouting? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like everybody. Uh, the full pouting it, but... was a little. Yeah, the full melancholy was a little new. Spending money is a good skill. Great. Fits in the full catalyst. Super intimate yeah. connection. At the what should we call that? Like a nice like a, ca- a profit catalyst power up? Like a, a becoming. A becoming. Yeah. A becoming. A becoming. But it needs right. to have the skill trademark on it, so you need to match it up with something. A skill like... becoming. Skill tether. Skill. 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 I don't know. We got to think on that. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Skilly. Killy. Bing bong. <laughs> yep. That's right. Yep, that's it. That's skill exactly marriage. it. Can we that's, call it a skill marriage? Skilly Billy Bing Bong. Can we, can we call it a skill <laughs> marriage? Skill, a skill marriage? <laughs> yes. Yeah, skill sex. Skill, skill bond. Skill, skill better than sex. Oh, no. Skill. All right. Yeah, because there's no skill touching. Skill penetration. <clears throat> No. Skill not Took it too far. I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> skill hardcore penetration. This is it. Filthy graphic skill penetration. All right. Thin ice. Uh, animal assists. Didn't have too many animals. He this. played with Gilly for a little while. Uh, Gilly was puddle, super cute puddle. in this section, and I loved him. When he like shows his teeth to Dutiful and Dutiful's like, Oh hey little buddy, I love you and he's like, No, I'm gonna fuck you up <laughs> <laughs> He was trying to like attack his feet for a while. Yeah. That was cute. He was protecting his space. That's his job. Yeah, he's he likes really good at it. He that. stopped that rat. He ate rats. Seems like he might be better at his job than uh than everyone else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ferrets are the best characters in these books. Just hands down. <laughs> they accomplish they the most. And in real life, they're helping us find a, a COVID vaccine. So shout out to the ferrets. Okay. Shout out to ferrets. Oh, yeah. Guys. I read that and was sad. 
<laughs> it made me a little bit sad, but then I was like, you know what? I hope they all get like, I don't know, Fair like one matter. of those like military service level burial burials or like a gun salute and like we we appreciate your service kind of situation. Probably not though. <laughs> to the fair. They'll get or they will the get fair. incinerated. I hope they get full veterans okay. disability like $3, my friend dollars a month. Well, I won't say it. I don't want to upset anybody. No. Um we're supposed to move on. Was the fool there and how <laughs> fabulous were they being? Soap opera fool. The fool was there. The fool was there as Lord Golden at the salon. The fool was there in some ninja gear. The fool was he was like, he's a little much. Like, he's been a little bit much for these last few bits. Just. Well, he thinks he's gonna die. He's just sort of <laughs> trying to live it up. Well, and really, he's laying plans. I don't even know if he thinks he's gonna die. Well, I mean, I know he thinks he's gonna die, but even still, he was just cleaning up. You know? It seems like he has a lot of faith in Fitz to do, to act in the way that he expects and not anyone else. Well, I mean. I personally would like to believe that when push comes to shove, he's going to do the fool's way and not shades, but we will see after that little liaison, I just can't imagine him not, but you think his hilt Um, is made to fit the fool's hand. Okay. (laughs) Should we call it a skill liaison? Is that where it's a skill liaison? (laughs) A skill assignation. It's a tryst. Uh, a skill tryst. A skill tryst. Tryst, I think that's a much better. That's a good word. Uh, I also just really enjoy, even though we don't get to like live in it, I love this idea that there's just this like gambling hall, like bohemian space where the fool is spending like the equivalent of like a billion buck keep whatever money they have chits coins <laughs> dollars <laughs> i don't know what their money is called at all galleons i think they just call them coins coins florins and gilders <laughs> um fitz misery the bastard has a moment heroics tantrums and extremely bad decisions he had He's made a bad decision previously that he's now still trying to live with. Which one? I don't understand. What are you talking about? The fool not getting on the boat. Everything having to do with nettle. He's being a super (laughs) sad sack. He's like, it is the season. It is. If you guys haven't watched Home for the Holidays yet, get on it. (laughs) Yes, we can watch it together. We're all going to be home for the holidays. Yeah. Not such and a we should all absolutely watch. Can we watch it together? We should yes. all absolutely be home for the whole. I own but it, but yes, so I will watch it. Figure out how to how to do something with that. Yeah, we can. Yeah, I own it too. So we, we'll okay. figure that out. We'll just do um, it as premium content. We can also we could probably just also like rent it for like four dollars and yeah. do like shared viewing on Amazon. That might yeah. be easier. Whichever. Uh, but yeah, it's so good. Um. Also, I do want to do a shout out that he did have his moments, but he also made some good decisions. Like, he did not take Starling up on her offer. He did put clothes on hangers. (laughs) He 
<laughs> he was gonna stuff it all in there, and, and he's like, you know what? I have I to was a very big upgrade. He actually went all the way to town to be like, "Hey, Hap, I'm gonna leave town in four and a half days." He, he like, was like told, him, "Oh yeah, Hap." <laughs> Hap. He remembered Hap exists. You know, fucking um, Hap. He, he did not kill Webb for him. when Webb was like, hey, I know who you are. He's <laughs> so. like, be cool, man. Just be cool. Be cool. Just keep walking. Be cool. He's like, do you know what I do to people who call me that? <laughs> Webb's like, what? <laughs> no? What? History. Uh, but did you die? Important events and predictions about what's coming up. Well, I guess I think Swift is going to stow away on a boat. <laughs> And then I, I predict that they're going to get on an actual boat because we've been talking about it for a while, but we haven't actually seen that happen. So <laughs> what still, if it never happens? still up boat, in the though. air. What I if pre- they never get on a boat? I predict that they save Ice Fire and that the Fool wins out over Shade. You guys, if the Fool dies, and granted, uh, I haven't paid attention to any of the titles of any of the future <laughs> books we're going to read, I would be very the upset. The Fool definitely dies. I don't know. What does the inscription say on your book, Alyssa? Um, it says Fool's Fate. Yeah, Weird. Um, assassin, spy, and skill master. Uh, it's unknown whether the fool lives or dies. Does yours just... So, the book just... You guys wouldn't have kept reading if the fool actually died. I don't know. No, they they, they wouldn't have kept reading. They might keep reading if they thought that he was going to come back. Mm. Mm. We kept reading after Night Eyes died. Yeah, we did. That's true. That is true. But only because the fool was still alive. Maybe Night Eyes comes back and then the fool dies. So the only extra tidbit in my book's, like, blurb says uh Nocheska has set the prince on an unfathomable task yo that was hard to say to behead a dragon trapped in ice on the isle of Aslavial yet not all the clans of the out islands support their effort so drama drama spoiler are there darker forces at work behind Eliana's demand question yeah. mark does you say Eliana's? Because mine says Narcheska's demand. Mine says Eliana's. We start off, the paragraph starts with Narcheska, but then we transition to Eliana. Says so, yeah. uh, Narwell. Mine definitely says Narcheska. Up. That's so funny. I know. <laughs> um, next up is What Made You Cry? I think we're, we're not there yet. I thought make you cry. the swords was very sweet, but it did not make me cry. But it was like, um, you know, it was like Disney family movie style. Cute. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to, you know, they have to gear up before they go on their adventure. It's like Mulan taking her father's sword off the the wall. Yeah. Uh, fashions from Jamalia or Bingtown. I put gleaming hair a slender form, an elegant <laughs> shoulder, and pearl jewelry. Those were, that was what was described to me. <laughs> that was what Fitz observed. An elegant shoulder. That was very Alexis of you from Schitt's Creek. <laughs> Big hair, slender form. <laughs> but no, that, 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 I'm just, 
I'm just relaying to you what Fitz observed. I liked when Fitz was like, you know what? All these clothes are so gaudy, I'll never wear them. And he's like, actually, as separates, I could totally work that. (laughs) They're really not that gaudy. Actually, I like this. (laughs) These fit me, and it's nice. Maybe the fool has taste. Shocking. I like it when my clothes fit me. I feel good about myself. You better work. Did Fitz fits it? Doesn't he always? He like maybe smidge fits fits it, but <laughs> smidge fits. He's gonna. He's don't sm- you worry. It. It's a coming. All right. Any other uh, final thoughts on these first four chapters in a prologue? Can I talk about something semi-unrelated, or are we over time? No, of you know course, what? You we only stick to a very strict, structured conversation. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. I'm so sorry. I, I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> leave the room. I'm throwing this in the trash. Um, I've been wanting to bring this up for a while, but do any of you remember the nationwide Robin Hobb scavenger hunt? Yes. In the of I year do. of our Lord, April 2017. <laughs> That was pre-me knowing she existed. So oh. I remember this only because it didn't happen where I lived. Whoa. I got the Boston one. Um, it was like a riddle you had to solve about where this envelope was waiting for you. And it was actually in Cambridge. And I managed to snag it. And it came with a postcard to mail back to her so that then she could mail more stuff back to you. And I guess everybody got a postcard from a different location in the world. And I guess Boston's is Treyhog. So welcome to the swamp. (laughs) And we got like 10 bucks to spend at the shop and like a bug plate and all prizes. And it was really cute. And I can take pictures and stuff if, yeah, you, know, yeah, if you want to post see. anything about it. But yeah, it's a little special thing. I love scavenger hunts. Everyone loves scavenger hunts. I remember hunts being like, this I've is done amazing. a lot of geocaching in my it. life, so I can appreciate that. So, Alyssa, when you went to find this, were you, like, racing against other Hob fans, or was it just, like, super just, easy? Just up? you. <laughs> I, I definitely felt the pressure. I, like, took a bus. I was just like, it's me and my two other people, was... and I'm going to beat their asses. Yeah. <laughs> it turned out to be me and zero people. Um, <laughs> there was no one in the bookstore um, basement. It was like, you had to solve the riddle of where the um, bookstore was, and then where in the bookstore. It was like a poem, and this one ended up being in um, Pandemonium Games and Books in Cambridge, um, behind a Ticket to Ride box set game. <laughs> so there was like a riddle about a train. <laughs> I'm like, so you had to feed, force feed yourself a lot of fat, cough up a bone. Yes, yep, and um, do the sooth saying, and... <laughs> Look in some water. And then, yeah, it's an Say, April were you scrying in water? Every day, but especially that day. <laughs> Took three horses, two boats, overnight. And I did it. <laughs> After all that, yeah. That's, but did the boat talk? Celebrity um. fan in our midst, okay. <laughs> I'd be very interested in if, like, other yeah, listeners have gotten them... Yeah, maybe if you join up all your stuff, they, like, make a giant Triforce or something. 
oh shit yes. it's a deeper game than oh I man yes, oh my gosh send us that and please send us your names for what the becoming skill trademark name is. <laughs> so, I don't so know why that just trip. reminded me of something, but in these chapters, they talked about how Tintaglia needs to find a mate or else the dragons are going to become extinct. And mm-hmm. they mate in the air, which was kind of weird. But whatever. <laughs> and... So, but then we, so I, I still have like a really big question mark next to when did all of the other eggs for all of these little baby dragon serpents, how long is the gestation period for these fucking eggs? Because what is it supposed to be versus like, I don't know. There are no eggs. Well, no, but like the serpents, so the serpents all hatched and they were swimming around the ocean. So like how long were the serpents swimming around in the ocean for? Or were like they thousands were they in like, their eggs like a for a really fucking long time because they have a crazy no, they long were, gestation period? They were swimming around for like a millennia. Okay. Yeah. Because the world and, ended and they couldn't get back up the river. Yeah. Okay. So That's why they were enormous serpents. Yeah. Instead of cute little ones. <laughs> You're supposed to be giant anyways, though. Dragons are humongous. I guess so, but they are supposed to, like, log out on a beach. And they really couldn't do that if they were all, you know, a hundred feet long. I don't know. Again, the workings of the serpents. Too much. Um... <laughs> All right, so next episode, we will be covering Fool's Fate chapters 5 through 9. This has been Bucky Radio. You can email us at buckyradio at gmail and let us know if we can read your email on air. And we might. I am Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I am Alyssa. My presence lurks on the internet at alyssamainer.com. I'm Jenny, and you can find me at facelessfray on Instagram. I'm Eli, and I am usually at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. I'm Ashley, and I'm on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. And I was Joey, and you can find me at Instagram at powerkid.exe. Okay, next up is spoilers. Oh, I was going to ask what the... What did you win other than you said like $10 to spend somewhere? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she gave me 10 bucks. But yeah, there are a lot I of have cities. this shit in front of me. <laughs> yeah, it's like it says, please spend me now on the envelope. And it had did a you spend it though, or did you just hold it? Um, I was in an adrenaline rush, so I still have the $10 in the envelope <laughs> that I will go back to Pandemonium and buy something with. They're going to be like, is there an expiration date on that? <laughs> Um, it is cash. Oh! <laughs> oh my god! You have, you didn't spend that on, like, a beer no. or something? That's crazy. No, it's for the bookstore.
I've read to page 290, so I'm semi-spoiled. Oh, okay. That's that's a good chunk. Shit. I had the day off, and I just kept reading. Oh, good. So you've gotten Yay. through six, six endless puking. Yeah, that's where yeah, I'm that at right now. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. Where but I got to, where I am at is when he told uh, Nettle to talk to Burris and like reveal that he was alive. Yes. Which is that part is the part that made which me is cry. very exciting. I'm excited. <laughs> it's like, what is he gonna do? <laughs> I was gonna say, that, I, you know, I said it, Web was growing on me, but it's also because I've read further and I just really like the exchange where Fitz is like, like, will you do this for me? And Web is like, thanks for asking. And Fitz just stands there like a moron for like a good like <laughs> minute, and then he's like, thank you, I managed. <laughs> Like, he can't have proper social interaction. <laughs> He's like, I don't know how to do this, I'm, friends. Don't I don't like. know how to ask people for help. I don't understand. <laughs> how does this work? I love. I just love, like, whenever he talks about Webb, because he's like, oh, he seems genuine. I don't yeah. know what genuine Well, that's is. the thing. It's like, he's a, here's a person who's just, like, not, doesn't want anything from him, really. And he yeah. can't, he, like, can't wrap his head around it. He's just like, I, I can't trust you. you you're you're tricking me. Like, <laughs> I do like when Webb says to tell me when you can trust. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I do feel horrible for Thick though. Oh, poor Thick. Thick just Thick did not was not properly told what was happening and No, they're just like you just keep shoving him on ships and he's so miserable. I do have to say, like, it's really funny going from like live ship where everyone's like, ships are great. I love being on the open sea and Fitz is like this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me. I do not want to get on a ship. It is so boring and dull. I know I'm stuck with this guy who just keeps throwing up and like making everybody else feel sick. And the hours feel like days and the days feel like months. And oh my God. <laughs> so much. Um, it's my... just, it also is kind of, oh, go ahead. No, you go, you go ahead. I will. I can wait. Uh, Okay, well, I was just going to say structurally, I was trying to figure out, like, where where our last episode was going to be, because we have one, we're, we, I couldn't quite fit everything into 2020, so we have one episode after New Year's, oh. and Ooh. the stopping point is between, the, um, like, the fool recovering it with Prilcop and Fitz being like, I'm going to come back, and then, like, getting stuck in the, still, in the skill stones, and then, like, all the horrible epilogue and i'm like you know you could just stop there <laughs> you, could, you could just stop there you know like maybe if you really wanted I do to have to, to say read when joey was reading that quote about the the fool and fitz's becoming mm. and it was like was it as dangerous is like a stabbing i was like there's too many foreshadowing yeah. oh i know quote that just make me uncomfortable <laughs> well there's so many things like swift's swift is good at arrows interesting remember arrows mm. remember how important arrows are and then like oh dragons mating in the air and nettle and burritch like there's just so much just like remember all this shit remember it <laughs> it's coming for us 
And I finally got to the part where Fitz has to begrudgingly explain who Nettle is, and Dutiful is just pissed. <laughs> He's like, who do you need? I have family. Like, I have a cousin that could have taken some of this burden off of me. How dare you keep her from me? And Fitz is like, well, you know, I didn't think of anybody else's perspective but mine. Awful, stupid man. Um, my so my whole thought when he was revealing to Nettle so, the the phrase to speak to Burridge is that uh, <laughs> like if he really wanted to convince her to help him, he didn't have to do that. Like she didn't need she didn't need uh such a earth shattering thing. Um, she, I mean, she, she didn't even realize the significant at the time, significance at the time. So it's like, did he really need to do that? It feels like he really wanted to reveal himself. Oh, he absolutely has. He's been wanting to reveal himself since like the moment he decided to like trek down out of the forge. He's like, everyone's going, he's like, there, there's like another exchange between him and the fool where he's, they're like, oh, you can wear these clothes if fifth chivalry ever decides to exist again like just he's like that can happen yeah like just dumb shit like that where it's Fitz is just kind of like yeah I could also it just made me sad about porcupines yeah oh, and nostalgic yeah. about night eyes um I do like that when they call the the raccoon is in their cottage in uh <laughs> Lislington or whatever it's called yeah was, and they're was like a robber rat <laughs> Feed him hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean. How can they have like raccoons and seagulls and wolves and yeah, horses? But they don't call it a raccoon. They call it a rubber rat. So yeah. they can call a llama a jeppa. So a jeppa? What the hell's a jeppa? Is like a jeppa like the only? It's like that and dragons are the only fantasy animals, and the rest <laughs> of them are just normal animals. Uh, yeah. Next up, we will hopefully get on the stupid boat and the fool will <laughs> hopefully, very hopefully. I mean, it I might did, not happen i did like that ashley was asking about you know the boat and the fool not getting on the boat and you were like mm. and i was reading your caption from earlier where you were like he will not stop me from getting on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm just gonna sit here I'm just gonna sit here and you have to let me on the boat i'm like or you could be arrested is that what you want? <laughs> Shade is a fucking bastard. <sighs> and anything else? We have so much of this book to go, and it will only... Um, I actually... So I, I read until I got to Riddle. That was, I love I was like, there he is, this affable young man who's just, like, decided to be on a boat, can't stop talking. I know, I got... I, got, I was, like, reading along, and I was like, I wonder when we're going to get to Riddle, and, like, the next paragraph was like, and I met Riddle, and I was like, oh, there we go. There he is. And uh, immediately yes, Fitz Riddle. is annoyed by him, and I was like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> this is cute. I, I do like that he's like, well, he can't possibly be Chade's creature. He's too excited about this stupid sea journey. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, no, he's definitely Shade. <laughs> he's way too interested in me. Poor Riddle. He did not know what he was signing up for either. <laughs> no, he really, really didn't. 
The cover of My Fool's Fate. Ice fires on the cover, but ice fires only about 12 feet tall. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. I think I have the same cover. Do you have Alexis Rose ice fire with his, his like, wrists or? His wrists, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have him. <laughs> he's, like, sleeping all curled up in the ice, but he's very small. <laughs> like... Also, is that supposed to be dutiful or fits? I think it's Fitz because he's on the he's on the like the yeah, but his hair is way too long. Are you sure the ice isn't acting like the opposite of a magnifying glass? <laughs> I just I just imagine them as so much bigger because like people can like see and lurking under the ice and they've like built like walls and stuff around him. I'm like I'm picturing yeah. When I picture Tintaglia, like whale size, enormous, you know, yeah. yeah. Know. He just shrunk because of the cold. Aww. He's a right. <laughs> Anything else that you guys want to cover? Or we'll just save it. Um, I get, another thing I got emotional about was when he found out that Birch was wearing the earring again. You know what? I think Birch is getting done dirty because Birch has got a limp. He's going blind. His marriage is on the rocks. His children are running away. Then he finds out that Fitz is alive. And it's just, it's a lot. It's, he's, he, it's a lot for him. I do like that he's just like sitting there, like staring off to space and kind of smiling. And like Molly's just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, Molly, I mean, well, well, you know what? No, I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah. not doing it. I can't be, See, I cannot still be Still excluded. Still excluded. I don't. <laughs> I can't be trapped. All, all she does is show up at the end and it's. It's stupid. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, I'm just saying, because Birch, like. He's he's also far removed from the story at this point, but he still like shows up at Buckkeep's run after Swift. He's going out again. He's maybe having meetings with the fool to get earrings. You know, he has he's... he has a very like important scene at the end where everyone else would have died without his like mm-hmm. interference. Like right, so like he's doing time. stuff. Molly's taking care of like five chips. I did like that part of the email. She has 5,000 5, kids. <laughs> like, she does have 5,000 children. Maybe like seven, but you know. Like anyway. Or six? All right, I'm going to end us and we will talk about it more next end time. End me, please. Right. End me. Oh, we had the same. Oh. Uh, <laughs> end us both, I guess. I'm, hit- I'm hitting stop. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs>